Several years ago, somebody was reading the Scripture at a worship service. I don't even remember who it was. But the man was reading the Scripture from John chapter 3, just as we've been studying our Bible class this morning. And of course, uh, we've been talking about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. But now, as this man was reading the Scripture, I don't know if it was nerves or if he just misspoke or maybe I just misheard him. But when he got to that verse, he read it this way. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only forgotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. That has stayed with me all these years. Because, in fact, the the thing is, we are in a society where God's Son has been forgotten. We just sang a few moments ago about how we believe in the one that that we call Jesus and how Jesus saves, but a lot of people don't know that. And there are some people that may have known that at some point in their life, but they have forgotten that. They've forgotten about the amazing grace that we have through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when we are obedient to His teachings. Indeed, Jesus has been forgotten by some people in our world today. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, tells us that, but also for this very reason, given all diligence, to add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've heard those verses read and talked about many times. Indeed, when we follow after this path, we will be strengthened. We will grow in Christ. But then verse 9 says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. People have forgotten about Jesus and what He can do for us. And my prayer tonight is that we always remember what Jesus does for us. That Jesus is our answer to all life's problems. And we should never forget Him. How can we forget? You know, there have been those, even in Bible days, that have forgotten Jesus. I think about what is written in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, uh, actually starting about verse 22, we, we find that Jesus begins talking about being the bread of life and that we must eat of His body and drink of His blood to, to have life. Of course, in retrospect, we think about that today and we understand that, that He was giving us uh, a little vision of the church. That when we partake of the unleavened bread, that we're remembering His body on the cross. When we partake of the fruit of the vine, that we're remembering His blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. But there were some people there that could not understand what He was talking about. It, it all, always troubles me a bit that, that many of these people were likely, uh, uh, were perhaps maybe in the crowd of the 5,000 that was just fed miraculously. 
No doubt they had seen the miracles that Jesus had performed. They, they had heard Him talk in other occasions perhaps or, or heard about His teachings and knew that He spoke in parables. But yet when He spoke about this, they could not accept the things that He was talking about and they couldn't comprehend it. And then we get to verse 66. And it tells us that as they heard the things that Jesus taught, it says that from that time many of His disciples went back and walked with Him no more. Just because they, they couldn't understand. They couldn't comprehend. They had forgotten about all the other things that He had said. They had forgotten about all the other things He had done, but just because of what He said on that day, they were not willing to walk with Him anymore. Verse 67 says that Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered Him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I've thought about those verses a lot. And, and Peter understood one thing. Peter understood that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. But I, I kind of wonder that as Peter and these other apostles were listening to the things Jesus said that day, did they comprehend what He was talking about? I, I kind of wonder if it's, it's a situation where, Lord, we really don't know what You're talking about today. Eating of your flesh, drinking of your... We don't understand this. But we do understand one thing. Only through you we can get eternal life. Only through you. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And surely we'll understand this at some point in time. We may not understand it today, but we'll understand it somewhere down the road. And in the meantime, we know this much. And no, where else could we go? We're going to stay with you. They remembered Christ, and, and they stayed with Him all the way. But you know, there was another occasion where Peter did forget, just for a brief moment, about Jesus. As we think about uh, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew chapter 17, Beginning in verse 1, it says that after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles for one one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. I heard a, a brother on the television this morning talking about this passage a little bit, and he was thinking about Peter's comment, or Peter's thought of, let's build the three tabernacles. He said, no doubt, uh, Peter, James, and John must have been very nervous up there. I mean, they're seeing the images of Moses and Elijah, and, and all these things are taking place. Uh, and, and I try to put myself there. Yes, I'd, I think I'd be pretty nervous too. And maybe out of nervous tension that Peter might have said these things that he said. I, I don't know for sure why he said what he said, but, 
But I believe he really did think that, that he had a good idea here. Let's build the three tabernacles. But then we hear God intervening. This is one of the few times in the Bible we see God intervening, especially in the New Testament. When we see that He says, This is my Son. Listen to Him. If I was to paraphrase this a little bit, it's like God is saying, Now Peter, close your mouth. (laughs) Open your ears. This is my Son. Don't you remember? He's bringing my message down here. Did, Did I give you my message to tell other people? No, I gave it to my Son. This is my begotten Son. I I gave it to Him. Listen to Him. And He'll tell you what you must do. And of course, verse 6 says that when they heard that, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. They realized that, or Peter realized that he maybe should not have spoke so soon in that regard. Another occasion we find is over in Luke chapter 22. This is... um, talking about the the resurrection of Jesus. Excuse me, it should be actually Luke 24. And talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we pick it up in verse 6 where it says that that, that we find that the the women had gone to to the graveside on that Sunday morning. And and we find that they had a meeting there, the, the angels were there. And one of them said in verse 6, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee? Remember that? Saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. And then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them. And who's these things who told these things to the apostles, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Here were the women first that the stone had been rolled away. What's going on here? Well, then the angels speak and and tell them, you know, remember what He told you in Galilee? He told you about all these things. He told you He was going to die. He told you He was going to be resurrected. Don't you remember that? And then, okay, yes, we remember that. And then they run back and tell the the, uh, apostles, the disciples that were uh, together. They told them about what had just happened. And did you notice in verse 11 that when they were telling them about this, it seemed to them as idle tales. They had already forgotten about all that. Again, I think back, you know, here's Jesus over there in John 6. We studied that a moment ago. They didn't comprehend what He was saying there. I wonder how many times they were listening to him, just couldn't comprehend it, and just sort of dismissed what he said. But they didn't remember any of this. It was idle tales. Peter goes running to the tomb. And when he saw that there was no one there, it says that he was marveling to himself at what had happened. This was new to them. We need to remember. We need to remember that Jesus did die on the cross for us. And He was buried. He was resurrected. 
He was resurrected so that we could be resurrected one day. There's other times that Jesus needed to be remembered. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, we, we think about John the baptizer. We've talked about him recently in our Sunday morning Bible classes. And John is speaking to a multitude of people, including tax collectors and soldiers. And he says to them in verse 16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We need to remember that. John knew that Jesus was coming. John knew that his job was to prepare prepare people for the coming of Jesus. And he didn't let it go to his head. You know, well, I got this great audience. I'll just go ahead and and be in charge of this. No, he, he realized that he wasn't even worthy to strap the sandal strap on the shoes of Jesus or to loose them. John knew who Jesus was. He remembered. Peter had to be reminded on another occasion. We think about Matthew chapter 26 is when Jesus told Peter that you're going to deny me three times tonight. For the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And then that evening unfolds and during the course of the evening, sure enough, on three different occasions, someone came up and said... You know Jesus. You, you know that man that you have in there under trial. You was, one of, you was one that followed him. And every time Peter says, No, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. I don't know him. One occasion at least he, he even cursed on that occasion, saying, I don't know the man. But after that third time, you remember what happened? Remember that rooster crowed, didn't it? That rooster crowed. And when it crowed, Peter remembered. And then he went out and wept bitterly, the Scriptures tell us. Matthew 26, verse 75. He had to be reminded. And that that rooster reminded him on that occasion. Again, I think about another occasion where Peter needed to be reminded was in, in Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11. You remember before Jesus was ascended into heaven, He told His apostles that they were going to receive power from on high. And they were also told to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To preach the gospel to everyone. And they were told that they were to start there in Jerusalem, in Judea, and then to Samaria, and then go to the uttermost parts of the world. That's the things that Jesus told them before He ascended into heaven. But as we get into Acts chapter 10, we find that they hadn't been doing that. (laughs) They'd been kind of staying pretty much close to home and just preaching to the Jews. And you remember the story of how Cornelius sent for Peter and, and Peter comes to him and as he gets there, all of a sudden he realizes some things. He, earlier that day he had this vision about eating unclean animals. 
And he didn't know what that was about. And as he was standing before this Gentile and his family, it's starting to come to me now. (laughs) And as the Holy Spirit came upon the family of Cornelius, it's coming to them now. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to everybody. Everybody. Jew and Gentile. Preach to everybody. And when he finally got that, we find in verse 48 that he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. But you know then in Acts chapter 11, he goes... Right after that, he goes and talks to the other apostles about that too because they didn't know. They had forgotten. And he was explaining it all to them about what was going on. And he was talking about his experience. It says in verse 15, he says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. And then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as He gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? And when they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Now they get it. Now they remember. And from that point on, we find that's what they did. Of course, the Apostle Paul leading the way in doing that, but yet they went and preached the Word to all. We must remember Jesus Christ. We cannot forget Him. We cannot forget His value. We've talked about this some in some Bible classes in recent weeks, but back over in Acts chapter 5, we find that Peter and John constantly under trial by the Sanhedrin council And this was another occasion when they had been brought in by by the Sanhedrin. And and we find that as they were brought in on this occasion, one in the council got thinking about this. And he spoke on their behalf. And he says in verse 34, it says, Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of them, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. And after this, man Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. Are you following Gamaliel's talk so far? He's saying, guys, listen. We've had this kind of situation happen before. Maybe not as big as this. but, But he starts out by talking about this fellow named Thutis. Had 400 followers. He claimed to be someone great. When this man was slain, the followers dispersed. They came to nothing. And then later on, someone named Judas, he was supposed to be a great one. He had followers. And he died. He was slain. He drew many people away after him, but when he perished, it says, when he perished, the people that were with him, 
dispersed. And it came to nothing. And then he says in verse 38, Now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. Now think about that. That's some words of wisdom. Words of wisdom right there. If, if this Jesus is like Thutis, and if Jesus is like Judas, now he's, we had him crucified on the cross. He's dead. And if he's like Judas, and if he's like Thutis, all these followers, if you leave them alone, over a period of time, they're just going to die out. That's going to be the end of this. You don't have to bring them in here and do all this persecuting. He said, but let me tell you something else. If it be of God, we can't stop it. You can bring them all in here. We can execute all of them, but God's going to see a way for them to work through this. And it's going to keep going. And there's not a thing in the world we can do to stop it. We need to remember that too. Because here we are 2,000 years later, and we're still going. If we're going to listen to this very wise man, we understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He isn't a false Messiah. If He were a false Messiah, we'd be wasting our time being here tonight. But He's he's the real thing. And God's not going to allow this truth to die. And we need to stay with that. Jesus was looking into the future and He knew that there would be some people that would forget Him over time. You know, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gives us the parable about the sower and the seeds. The seed was planted, broadcasted among different kinds of ground, and then later on in the chapter, He goes back and explains this parable. This is a parable that we definitely can understand without question because He tells us all about it. In verses 20 through 22, He explains about the seed that that lands on the stony ground. And he explains about the seed that lands in the thorns. And he talks about that, that the tribulations and the persecutions that come in this life chase away those that are represented by the stony ground. That's where our hearts are. The hearts are stony. And problems can come our way. It, that would run us off. Or if our hearts are like that of the thorns, then we find that the cares of this world can choke out the love that we have for Christ. But think about that now for a second. That's when He becomes God's forgotten Son. These were people that first heard the Word, they believed it, they obeyed it. They were willing to follow it, they were willing to do what they needed to do to please God, but then somewhere down the road, they didn't get the root. And so the persecutions caused them to get to a point where they had forgotten about Jesus. Or the cares of this life, and I think that may be more prominent in our society today. There's just so many things out there in this life, so many things for us to do. And we get caught up with our hobbies and we get caught up with our friends and we get caught up with our families and 
and, and we just got so much going on, and there's only 24 hours in a day. And so other things get knocked out till finally we have forgotten about Jesus. We've forgotten about His church. And we're no longer doing the things that we ought to do in the Lord's church to be active and bring other souls to Christ. And we come to a point where we need someone to come fetch us and get us back. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 32 and 33, that if you confess Him before man, He'll confess you before the Father which is in heaven. But if you deny Him before man, He will deny you before the Father which is in heaven. We need to be a people that will never deny Jesus Christ. We must, again, we got to remember Him all through our lives. That's why we come to worship. Well, at least one purpose. There's other things besides that. But we come to worship to remember God. Tonight we have sung these songs of praises. We sung that good old standard, Amazing Grace. Remind us about the amazing grace that that saves us from whatever our sin might be. We sang a song about believing in Jesus. And we believe that story of Jesus. We believe the story of the old rugged cross. And that strengthens us and helps us to be closer to the Lord. In a few moments we're going to sing a song, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's the only thing. That's to encourage us. If, if we haven't let the blood of Jesus wash away our sins, this is an opportunity to take care of that before it's too late. But we have come to remember God. We've come to remember His Son. We, we take of the, of the bread and of the cup to remember how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And so we have our songs. We have our Scriptures. We have men that read Scriptures from time to time, uh, some of our services that, that remind us about certain things that's happened in Bible days. Things that God has done. Things that Jesus has done to help us to be closer to Him. And then we have preaching. I hope I'm doing an adequate job tonight, but I, I do know this, that when Brother Chad's up here, you're getting some preaching. <laughs> He's preaching the Word. He's preaching from this book. And that's what I try to do. And I know our elders are, are vigilant to make sure that whoever's up here is preaching from this book and not from something else. That we're preaching the entire truth. So we come together to worship, to remember Jesus, that He doesn't become God's forgotten Son. Do you remember Him? Is He a part of your everyday life? Are you living for Him every day of your life? Don't don't forget Jesus. Never forget Jesus. If you have forgotten Him, if you've strayed away, this is an opportunity to come back to Him. If... If you've never responded to Him, this is an opportunity to respond to Him. What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you have a need this evening, why don't you come now?